Welcome to the Bhagavad Gita for Everyday Living, a podcast series by Gautam Ji, senior disciple of Swami Parthasarathy. In this first episode of the two-part introduction to the Gita, Gautam Ji will give an overview of how this knowledge helps in improving the overall quality of our life. Today's topic the Bhagavad Gita for everyday living. In fact, the the reason we have this topic is because everybody believes the Bhagavad Gita has nothing to do with everyday living. Right? Hmm. I'm not joking. That's why we have to have a topic like this. See, we have these... Uh, Gita discourses that run a few days, you know, in India, especially, even here, even in the US, we've done it. But in India, I'm telling you, which is the home of Vedanta, the average age for the discourse must be 75, 80. Now, something which is meant for your day-to-day living, you should learn it before you live your life or after it's over. You see, the whole thing is completely misunderstood. So hopefully today at the end of this talk, you will all understand or at least appreciate that in fact you cannot live without this knowledge. It should be the opposite. How can I live without understanding these basic principles? You can live. Everybody is living. Animals are living. Plants are living. What is the quality of life? That's what you have to understand. It's very, very poor compared to what you could be living if you understood these basic principles, which are not very difficult. So the Bhagavad Gita, just for some of you who may not be aware, the the word Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad of the Lord, Gita song. So it means the song of the Lord. Poetically, what it actually means is the message that an enlightened soul gives humanity for its benefit. In this case, it happened to be Lord Krishna thousands of years ago. So the Bhagavad Gita traditionally is considered a textbook. It's the most well-known textbook, but it's just a textbook of the Vedanta philosophy. This knowledge, this philosophy, this wisdom is called Vedanta. Veda Ananta. It's a Sanskrit word which is an amalgam of two words. Veda, which means wisdom, knowledge. Anta means ultimate, culmination, the end. The end of wisdom, the end of knowledge, the finality, the highest knowledge. And why it's the highest? You can say highest, anybody can call it that. But why is it the highest is because it fulfills your requirements in life at all levels. 
at the material level emotional level and then ultimately the spiritual level so the gita calls it in the 16th chapter he says these are the three ends of life siddhim sukham param gatim so siddhim means success and achievement sukham happiness fulfillment and param gatim is the supreme goal the supreme happiness the finality which is self realization god realization so all three relative and absolute goals friends the gita the knowledge of the gita will help you attain so it's in your interest to listen and learn so just to give you a historical context since we are talking about the gita there's also a pun on the word vedanta so vedanta veda knowledge anta end also refers to the end of the veda so the vedas were the highest textbooks the earliest spiritual textbooks of humanity literally thousands of years ago and most of the veda the bulk of the veda there are four vedas consists of hymns praising the reality the divinity and rituals and their descriptions but only at the end which is in volume the smallest part the end part of each veda is called upanishad and the upanishads the end of the veda are the first textbooks that explain this philosophy the earliest spiritual treatises of humanity were the upanishads which explain what life is really all about so what happened is by the time of the gita now i'm putting the clock thousands of years after the vedas at the time of krishna and arjuna and veda vyasa the sage who compiled the gita the mahabharata what had happened is people had lost the spirit of the vedas completely and had become addicted to the non essentials which is constantly performing rituals in the hope of a selfish benefit which the gita demolishes so in the second chapter he says pushpitam vacham this flowery speech veda vadarata that people are speak of the vedas this is a flowery speech he says he actually says and what do they want bhogam aishwaryam they want nothing but pleasure and power in the world that's why they are doing all these rituals so the gita was an attempt to explain to people in those days look try and understand the meaning behind the ritual what is the philosophy behind it and periodically all these great masters have done that for humanity so 
if you go thousands of years after the Gita and 1300 years before us, about 800 AD, there was another great saint, Adi Shankara, who had people no longer understood the Gita. This is 1300 years ago. So he wrote other textbooks called the Bhajagovindam, Atma Bodha, to introduce people to Vedanta because they could no longer understand even the Gita, which itself is a diluted form of the Upanishad. And if you come now, in the modern age, I'm putting the clock back 60 years. My guru is 95 now, 96 this year. And he found that people no longer understood even the basic introductory textbooks, like the Bhajagovindam. So he made it his life's mission to write the entire philosophy of Vedanta in a simple flow in English. And that's the Vedanta treatise, the Eternities, which I teach you, right? On those of you who attend on Saturday morning. It's an attempt to explain the whole philosophy in a way you can understand today. So, whether it is then or now, you may ask, then why do I need to understand this? You need to understand this knowledge, friends, because these are eternal principles of living. It's exactly like how you have to understand the laws of physics. You're on the eighth floor of a building. You can't say, let me jump out of the balcony. You're flouting the laws of physics. You'll, you'll fall, you'll die. You have to respect that law of gravity. You can't just jump out of a high-rise building, right? It's a law. Similarly, there are mental, intellectual, spiritual laws which you have to follow. And Vedanta is nothing but a treatise of those laws. It's called in Sanskrit, another word for Vedanta is Sanatana Dharma, which means the eternal principles. It doesn't matter if it was thousands of years or now. It's the same thing. Just as gravity applied then and now. These are laws. And you are flouting the laws. Nobody is learning these laws. This is the manual for life. If you don't have a manual, how can you live? You don't know how to drive, how can you drive? So that's why you find friends. I'm not being pessimistic. You look at the world. At the individual level, what is there? There is stress. There is addiction. There is depression. Divorces. You find out everywhere. One, two or three or four people suffer from this. Individually. And at the world level, what do you see? You see terrorism. You see war. You see corruption. You see greed, which is literally tearing the world apart. So whether you take it individually, you take it collectively, it's a disaster. Complete disaster. Because nobody understands the basic laws of life. So let us try and understand today how this knowledge, these laws can help us. 
gain these three things peace prosperity and ultimately true fulfillment in life that's it so if you look at the world there is a very interesting paradox right we just see the world you know our academy in india is is between two villages uh it lies between mumbai and pune so it's a rural area the two villages on either side and you see them they're very peaceful people i was there for 10 years i had the chance to even now some of you came right we took them because we built homes for our domestic workers we built homes for them so we took all of you the people who came for the past retreat and you could see they hardly have small homes we built and they are so peaceful they are welcoming you they would have fed all of us if it was up to them with nothing they have peaceful but you won't want to go and live there because there's no dynamism there's no production therefore there's no prosperity so where you find peace you don't find production and prosperity and whenever you find action you come to manhattan you come to mumbai there's action dynamism people are working but what is their condition mentally completely stressed out worries anxieties blood pressure so where there's peace there's no prosperity but they're prosperous because they work any country any any people that work they'll be prosperous so the, what is going on minute you work you get stressed so that's why what is the greatest entertainment all of you have what is the thing you look forward to everybody weekend i'm waiting for the weekend i believe the new terminology now wednesday is hump day you know hump day means your agitation goes up 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 and middle of the week it's the highest that's the hump you know like a camel hump and then by thursday it goes low low because weekend is coming so wednesday is called maximum wednesday morning agitation there's a term now is a limit to madness also and then by friday you ask anybody how are you i'm hanging in there hmm? i'm hanging what do you mean i'm hanging in there because one more day of this i'll literally die i need to i need the weekend so the minute you work you get stressed out why so the challenge is how do you combine the two see recently i got a call from a millionaire is a very very successful man and he was asking me we had a philosophical that's why he called me otherwise it's a waste of my time to talk to these guys uh he says i have everything so successful i have a beautiful family is not that i have a problem with a divorce or my children they all fine then why am i still so agitated anxious all the time this is what i want to ask why why can't you combine success and still not be stressed so the gita says you need to understand how to do both and that's the central theme there in the second chapter he says samatvam yoga uchyate which means 
peace of mind is yoga. That's the 48th verse. And in the 50th verse, he says, says Yoga karma sukhaushalam. Skill in action is yoga. Very interesting. He says, not only should you be peaceful, you should be skillful, expert, productive. And yoga means that commitment to unite with the self. Yoga comes from the word yuj, which means to join. So yoga means the spiritual disciplines to grow as a human being, which means action, karma, devotion, bhakti, jnana, knowledge. These are the real yogic disciplines, not what the West understands or even India now understands as yoga, which is the outer shell, the physical discipline, asana, which is the exercises and breath. These are all physical disciplines for physical fitness. I do them myself. I have nothing against it. But they have been marketed as complete spiritual discipline. What can you say? It's not as simple as that. The main part of it is completely unknown. That's what the Gita talks about. So exactly what that millionaire is going through today who I just had a conversation with is what happened in the Gita thousands of years ago. The millionaire or the successful person of today is symbolized by Arjuna of those days. Arjuna was a prince. Dhananjaya was his, his nickname. The winner of wealth. He had conquered the whole area extremely wealthy, qualified, educated. But what happened? The minute he went to battle, he completely lost it. That's why the first chapter of the Gita is called Arjuna Vishada Yoga. The description of Arjuna's stress, despondency. Vishada means stress, unhappiness. Dejection. He was completely shattered. He tells Arjuna, he tells Krishna, my mouth is parched, my limbs fail me, I can't stand. So this is the condition of the modern human being, even today. They're not educated how to handle the challenges. And then by the end of the Gita, the 18th chapter, 73rd verse, this is what he said. My delusion is cleared and my understanding restored by your grace. Vachuta, I am firm, with doubt dispelled, I will do thy bidding. That is the 73rd verse of the 18th chapter. At the end, famous verse, Nashto, Moha, Smritir, Labdhva. That delusion is gone. So that's the effect of this knowledge. You become clear. You understand. And you know what to do. But to get there, the first thing is to appreciate where you stand now. See, the problem is, the same problem Arjuna did. You know what the problem is? 
when Arjuna went into the battle, he started complaining to Krishna about the external situation. How can I fight against my own kinsmen? Which means this situation is causing me stress. This is the wrong point. And that's why Krishna kept quiet. He didn't say anything in the first chapter. Because he knew Arjuna wasn't ready. He was convinced that the problem was outside. And that's why, friends, you don't get anywhere in life. Because all of you, when I say you, I mean humanity, nothing personal. Everybody believes the problem is outside. If I ask you what's your problem, what will you say? Everything is great, but that wife of mine. Hey. But that husband of mine, but my boss, my children, the economy, the government. Does anybody say what is wrong with me? And yet the truth is the whole problem is within you. You have lost control of your emotions. Don't blame the world. That's what the problem is. So all the success, all the money in the world will not help you if you can't control yourself. So that's the starting point. What is wrong with me? I'll prove it to you. I'm not just making statements. It's quite straightforward. See, what is... So once you understand that the problem is within, it's not outside, you'll tackle it. Now, for those of you who don't know, these are the basics. So if you look at the board, this is the structure of a human being. See, action is performed by the body. And the body is just an outer shell, your physical body. What controls the body, directs the body, which is actually what you are, is your mind and intellect. You see that, right? The mind is your feelings, emotions, impulses. The intellect is your capacity to reason, to think. Now what happened to Arjuna? He came into the battle after planning the battle for 13 years. Remember that. 13 years he was exiled. He was planning for this day. I'm going to go there and finish these guys off. And what happens? The mind takes over. His emotions and his intellect is too weak to control them. He collapses. So the stress is not outside. It's your own emotion. So ask yourself, where are you stressed out? Where you've lost control over your emotions? Why do you blame the world? See, there's nothing wrong with earning money, but you lose control, it becomes greed. Greed stresses you out, finishes you. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a drink, but you lose control, you become an alcoholic. That'll finish you. Don't blame the drink. Don't blame money. You've lost control. So everything boils down to your own loss of 
intellect. So all of you in this lecture, I am sure, are very intelligent people. I meet you, I meet you all all the time. I ask you, okay, where I have PhD, I did a master's, I am this, I am a CEO, I am a uh, doctor, I am a lawyer. Very intelligent. But I know there is no intellect. Because intellect is a different aspect which you have not cared to develop. It is not that you don't have it. So what happens is, see I recently was introduced to a doctor, very intelligent man. He's lost his license because of alcoholism. He was caught giving prescriptions under the influence. Very intelligent, but no intellect. Life is a complete mess. Children have left him, his wife has left him, but very intelligent person. So you may be the most intelligent person. You got an ego about that. Hmm? But you don't realize there is no intellect. So you see, right, last uh, few months back, 25 billion to zero. That fellow is a Greek. He is under ba behind bars now. Crypto or whatever. And you see the resume. PhD in this big institution. This Ivy League. That... Uh, what is the use? So, Vedanta develops your intellect and it is reason which controls emotion. And the problem is your own mind. And your mind takes over, you don't know what to do. Everybody. It's a question of less or more. And that's what the Gita says in the third chapter. Oh, Kaunteya. Kaunteya is another word for Arjuna, the son of Kunti. Wisdom is covered by this constant enemy of the wise in the form of desire as insatiable fire. Dushpurena nalenacha. What you have inside you is a fire that will burn. Does any sample of fire say enough? No more. That's your mind. How much ever you give it, burns for more. You own, literally own a whole country, you'll put war on another country. It burns for more power. That's what's happening. You have all the money in the world. No, I want that. So, how do you gain peace? The first thing, Part of the lecture today is how do you gain peace? How do you gain happiness? When your intellect is able to keep the mind in its place, at least relatively you are a peaceful person. So like I said again, Vedanta is not saying you should not earn more. But don't let it go into greed. You will be peaceful. It is not that you should not enjoy the senses, but don't get addicted. Then you are in trouble. You will be peaceful. That's the intellect. So without that you can't function in the world. It's not possible. I don't know how you are functioning. And then like I said, the minute you talk about controlling the mind, people say, 
ah, that means we don't have to earn more. We should be content. No, Vedanta is not saying that. Vedanta is talking about Siddham, how to be successful. See, yesterday a guy came for the class here and he was, he was, I was telling him, hey, I know your brother is with us. Why doesn't he attend, you know? He says, the minute I talk about Vedanta, he says, don't talk about that. A very successful banker in Manhattan. And this is the reason. They believe it will teach you not to earn more. That's why they're scared to death. You know? It's not that. In fact, with this knowledge, I'll explain to you how you will be successful. You'll do far better than what you're doing now. So that's part two, success. Thank you, Gautamji, for the introduction to the Gita. For more information on our live weekly lectures on the Gita and Vedanta, please visit our website vedantausa.org.